the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. None of us knows exactly what heaven will be like. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2.9 that no eye has ever seen, no ear has ever heard, and no mind has ever conceived of what God has prepared for those who love Him. The truth is, God would not be God if we understood Him completely. Nor would heaven be heaven if we could imagine it with great accuracy. Yes, there is much that is beyond our understanding, but as we finished our study today through the book of Revelation, Pastor Dudley assures us that God's ultimate plan is for all of us to spend eternity with Him. Next, as we lift up Jesus. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. It is recorded in the book of John that Jesus once said, If he is lifted up, he will draw all people unto himself. Christ's death, resurrection, and ascension are all linked to this glorious exaltation, and it is a call made to the entire world. No class, social status, race, or gender is excluded from this declaration. That is why we lift up the name of Jesus on this program every day. Our teaching pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with today's message. Today is the conclusion of our series on the book of Revelation, the movie. I don't know what utopia is for you, but if you look at your Bible, the last page, this is the ultimate utopia. And today we come to the last two chapters, chapters 21 and chapters 22. This is the end of the story. This is the end of the movie. This is the ultimate utopia. This is what happens to all of those of you who have followed Jesus Christ. It begins, number one, write this down, with with what we'll call the ultimate joy. No matter what you're going through here today, and some of you are going through some tough times, whatever you're going through right now, what you need to know is that moment when the Lord Jesus Christ returns, you are going to experience ultimate joy. Look at chapter 20, verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven. Everybody say new heaven. And I want you to say the words new earth. You'll see a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth. Guess what's happened to them? It's passed away. It's no longer. There's no longer any sea. Right now the earth has three-fourths covered with water, with with the ocean. Uh, That's all gone. There's a new heaven and a new earth. Verse 2 says, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. Verse 3 says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and He, God, will dwell with them. And they will be His people, and God Himself will be with them and be their God. And then we come to verse 4 that says, 
He will wipe every tear from their eyes because there'll be no more death. There'll be no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain, for the old order of things have passed away. I love that phrase, no more, no more, no more. The Bible says the very last verse of chapter 21 says, nothing impure will ever enter heaven. I want you to imagine all the things that won't be there. Nothing bad, nothing impure, nothing painful. Anything painful, harmful, or hurtful won't be there. Won't be any lying, no heartache, no crime, no violence, no child abuse, no prejudices, no war, no cancer, no bills, no bills. No debt, no drugs, no death. It's the worst pain when you see a loved one die. Not necessarily for them, but for you. It's the worst pain. You're not going to see, experience any of that. Don't you love verse 4? It says that he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Right now, some of you, right here, you're involved in a relationship, and that relationship is going sour and And you're here today, but you're struggling inside. Some of you financially this very moment, you're you're turned upside down. You don't know how you're ever going to get out of the financial mess that you're in. There are some here today that are fighting some type of physical ailment. You've got a report from your doctor that has said there's no hope. Some of you right before Christmas season, you're getting a letter from your boss that says that you have been laid off. Others of you, you found out that recently that your spouse has been fooling around with you with someone at work. Or perhaps you go to bed at night and you're lonely or you feel forgotten or you feel depressed. What I want you to know is on that day when the Lord Jesus Christ returns, God's going to wipe away every tear and sorrow that you have. Now, in my life group this week, we were talking about, well, how is God going to wipe away our, our tears? And we talked about maybe it's like a hard drive that God, when you get to heaven, God just erases your hard drive, your memory, all the things that are bad. Maybe he erases all those things. We don't know. But we believe that when that time comes, and you're actually in the presence of God, and Jesus Christ returns, and there you are, we believe that everything you've ever gone through or suffered, on it's, it's not going to matter to you. All the things you worry about and stress over, nothing is going to matter when you're standing in the presence of God. And you're going to have, number two, write this down, you're going to have the ultimate relationship. You know, we're all engaged in relationships here today. Some are good, some are bad. But when you get to heaven, you're going to experience the ultimate of relationships. Look at verse 6, chapter 21, verse 6. He said to me these words, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To him who's thirsty, I will give to drink without cost, no charge, from the spring of water of life. And verse 7 reads, he who overcomes, I want you to say the word overcomes. Who's he talking about? He's talking about those of you that didn't quit. He's talking about those of you that even though you got your feelings hurt, you, you were faithful at your post. 
He's talking about those that when persecution came and you had to make a choice whether or not you were going to stand and say the word Caesar is Lord or you were going to say Jesus is Lord. He's talking about those of you that have to make that decision whether or not you're going to put the mark or the number of the beast on your right hand or your forehead and you refuse to do that knowing even though that you might not be able to buy or sell or trade anything as we've already studied. These are the people who haven't quit. These are the people who aren't timid. These are the people who who have been willing to stand up and, 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 and be willing to, to do exactly what God has called you to do. The Bible says, he who overcomes, you're going to inherit all of this. And he says, I will be his God and he will be my what? You're going to have a relationship with the God, the creator of this universe, where he is going to be your father and you are going to be his child. And what I want you to know is that from the very beginning of time, in Genesis 1-1, Genesis chapter 2 and 3, at the very beginning of the book of the Bible, God intended for you and I to live with him forever and ever and ever. But something happened all the way back in Genesis 1, 2, and 3. What happened? Sin entered into the world. And since that day till today... We've lived in a sinful world. We've lived in a fallen world. And because of sin, sin is what breaks our relationship with God. God intended at the beginning for each of us to live with him forever and ever and ever. But sin entered into the world. And the Bible is not only spiritual truth, it's also a historical record of God's people through the years. And for hundreds of years, for thousands of years, we've lived on a marred-filled, scarred earth, an imperfect place. And, and, and until the rest of history, up until the very last day, that relationship with God has been broken. But on the last day, we're on the last couple of chapters, when Jesus Christ returns, he's going to restore that relationship. And he will then at that point... You see, in a sense, Revelation, it's, it's a fulfillment or it's a reflection all the way back to Eden, except now we will live for the rest of eternity having the ultimate relationship where God will dwell with us and we will dwell with him. And it's an amazing thought that the creator God of the universe wants to have a relationship with you. And you need to know, you need to know, you need to know if, if, If you want to have that ultimate relationship, if you want to live forever uh, dwelling with God and he's your father and you are his son, you are his, if you want to live forever in eternity with God, the only way you can do that is if you have a relationship with his son right here, right now, today. Now, if you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ today, number three, write this down, you're going to experience the ultimate of inheritances. God's got a plan for his children. Sometime this week, I want you to get a quiet time, find you a quiet place, get you a Bible, grab you a cup of coffee, sit down and open up Revelation chapter 21 for those of you who are saved and read verses 10 through 26 and see all that God has in store for you, a part of your inheritance. You'll read about in verse 11 that it's going to shine with the glory of God. The Bible says in 21 verse 11, it has the brilliance of a precious jewel. The Bible tells us in verse 12 that it has 12 gates, and each of the 12 gates is guarded by an angel. 
the Bible says that each of the gates, there's a name, and the name is one of the 12 tribes of Israel on each of the, each of the gates. In verse 14, it tells us there are 12 foundations, and the foundations each have a name of one of the 12 apostles. And the Bible tells us in verse 16 that it's a cube, that it's the same width as it is length, as it is height. It is a huge place. In verse 18, it tells us that the walls are made of jasper. The gates are made of a single pearl. Verse 21 tells us that the streets are made of pure gold. And verse 23 tells us there's no need for the sun and no need for the moon because God will be the light of that city. It is going to be beyond your wildest imagination. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2.9 that no eye has ever seen, no ear has ever heard, and no mind has ever conceived of what God has prepared for those who love him. I will tell you this to some people's surprise. There will be, I want you to write this down, there is a form of discrimination in heaven. There is a form of discrimination because there are some people who are not going to get in. The Bible says in the last verse of chapter 21, it says that nothing impure will ever enter heaven, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful. The only ones that are getting in are those whose names are written down in the Lamb's book of life. Not everyone's getting in. The Bible says it's not that you're just not getting in. There's a whole list of people that are actually going to be thrown into that lake of fire in verse 8. And there's a whole list of people, the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murders, the sexual. we got all these bad people on there. They're not getting in. Well, I understand the murders and the, the vile people. Uh, how, how come the cowardly aren't getting in? Who are, who are the cowardly? The cowardly are those of you, those of us, who have been afraid to stand up and to shout from the rooftops that we believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. So many of us are timid, we're afraid. There's coming a time, as we've studied, where you're going to have to make a decision whether or not you're going to get the mark of the beast on your hand and on your forehead. You're going to have to make a choice. And some of you are going to say, well, I'm hungry. I'm going to go ahead and compromise. Go ahead and give me the mark because, uh, you know, deep inside, I'm a Christian, but I I need to eat. And no, the Bible says those of you that are afraid, those of you that have been scared, those of you that have not persevered the cowardly, you're not getting in. The unbelievers aren't getting in. Who who are those? Those are the people that just don't believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The the people who think, well, there's many ways to get to heaven. These are the people who do not believe that the Bible is true. The vile. Who are the vile? You know what the word vile means? The The word vile means the very evil. Child abusers are vile people. Murderers, sexual immoral. If you're engaged right now in sexual immorality, you need to stop doing that. The sexual immoral are not getting in. Those who practice magic arts, that, that'd be those of you that follow astrology or, or witchcraft. Those who, those who practice the magic arts, idolaters, all liars. That's, this is interesting. He's talking about heaven. And man, I want to go. But right in the middle of that, he's got this one little verse in there that talks about, let me tell you, just a little reminder, not everyone's getting in. Uh, their place, their home, their eternity will be a lake of fire. You see, there's some form of discrimination. It's not, it's, it's that, what he wants us to know is, is you're not going to sneak in. 
You're not going to talk your way. Well, I'm not, I'm not living right, but when that time comes, I'm going to talk my way. No, you're not going to talk your way in. Well, I'll just, I'll buy my way in. He won't mind. I'll just, no, you're not going to buy your way in. Your name has to be written in the Lamb's book of life. Can someone say amen to that? I want you to know that when the King of Kings comes riding in on that white horse to judge both the living and the dead, ain't nobody going to be sneaking in thinking, well, they're all looking at him. I'm just going to sneak around. No, you're not going to buy your way in. You're not going to talk your way in. You're not going to sneak your way in. The only way you're getting in is, is if your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And if your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, write this down. You're going to be a part of heaven's dynasty. You're going to be a part of the dynasty of all dynasties. Now, when you go to a movie, you want, to, you want, to, you want the movie end. Uh, you want, do you like a movie that has a bad ending or do you like a movie that has a good ending? Don't you at the end of the movie, you wait for that moment, and if it's bad, you walk out thinking, this was a waste of my time. And if you walk out, it's a good ending. You tell all your friends, oh, you got to go see that movie. Well, I want you to know as we've come to this point of this series, this is the end of the movie. This is it. This is the closing scene. And I want you to know it is the best part. And there's a great ending for those of you who've named Jesus Christ as your Lord. Let's look at it. This is chapter 21. Now, this is the last chapter in the Bible. Now, watch this. Here's what it's going to be like. Verse 3. No longer will there be any what? Any what? Now, what, what is that? What's he talking about? He's going all the way back to Genesis. Remember? Where he wanted to live with us, but we ate the apple and we sinned. Sin came into the world and ruined everything. And for thousands of years, we've lived in a curse-filled world. And now he says, at the end of time, when Jesus Christ returns, this is the end of the movie, verse 3, no longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and His servants, His servants, that's you, we will do what? We will serve Him. And then we come to the very last page, and He says, hey, guess what? You remember all the way back there at the beginning, no man could see His face? John chapter 1, no one has ever seen His face. Guess what happens on the last page of the Bible? The Bible says when the Lord Jesus Christ returns that you're going to see Him face to face. And his name will be written on their forehead. What is that all about? You're going to see, God, see him face to face, and you're going to have a name on your forehead. But it's not going to be the, mark, the name of the mark of the beast. Your name, the name, your name is going to be the name of God. And his name, which signifies that he is all that you will ever think about is God and who he is and what he stands for. And then verse 5 says this. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign. They will, I love this verse. They will reign forever and ever and ever and ever. That is the ultimate dynasty. And then we come to the ultimate words. Revelation chapter 22. And I want you to notice once in verse 7, once in verse 12, and then in verse 20, you find these words. He says it three times, not once, not twice, but three times. He says, look, I am coming soon. Look, I am coming soon. 
You say, well, he, he, he said these words 2,000 years ago. It's been 2,000 years ago. Here we are. We're still waiting. It seemed like a long time to wait. Well, it might seem long to you, but it doesn't seem long to God because the Bible says that 1,000 years are like a day. So even though he said this 2,000 years ago, to God it's been like two days. One of the most stirring passages in English history tells of the conquest and crusades of a man named King Richard, the King of England, King Richard, the Lionhearted, they called him. And there was a particular period in the early 12th century, the King of England left to go to Jerusalem because in Jerusalem there was a man named Saladin who had attacked Jerusalem and ransacked Jerusalem. And the King of England did not like the thought that Jerusalem had been under attack. And so the King of England, King Richard, mobilizes his, his army and he leaves England and he goes all the way to Jerusalem to get rid of Saladin. While he's gone, his brother, John, John figures out his brother's all the way in Israel and Jerusalem and he goes, you know what, I'm just going to act like I'm the king. So John usurps the authority of his brother. And meanwhile, England falls on tough times. And all the people are upset that John's in charge and they can't wait. They want King Richard to return and fix everything. So finally the time comes for him to wake his way, make his way back uh, to, to England. This was around the time of the legend of Robin Hood. And there's a movie with Kevin Costner called Robin Hood where Kevin plays the part of Robin Hood. And right when you think the movie is over, there's a cameo appearance. King Richard comes in, played by Sean Connery. <gasps> it's at the very end of the movie. You think the movie's over, and here comes this king riding in. It's Sean Connery. It's just a few seconds at the end of the film. It's a cameo appearance. But, but during that period, King Richard, he goes back to England. And when he gets there, all the people begin to shout, The king has returned. The king has returned. The lion has returned. One day a king far greater than Richard will lay claim to a realm far greater than England. And those who've abused the earth in his absence and those who've seized his dominions and mismanaged his world will all be swept aside. And only those who have loved Jesus, those of us who've obeyed Jesus, those who have served Jesus, those of us who have waited for Jesus, we will go and live with him forever and ever and ever. And that's how the movie ends. But there's one last thing. The last little thing that rolls up on the screen is the ultimate invitation. Because he doesn't want to just show you the movie so you know what's going to happen. He wants you to get your life right with God. He's, the Bible says, the spirit and the bride say come. Let him who hears say come. Whoever's thirsty, let him come. Whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. And so I say to you today, if you're thirsty, come. If you're hungry, come. If you're poor, if you're tired, if you're broken, come. If you're burdened, if you're sick, if you're despised, if you're hated, if you're hurting, if you're weak, if you're confused, if you are humiliated, if you are steeped in sin, come. 
If you have a need for God, come. If, if you want to experience the love of God, come. If you want to taste of the everlasting life, come. If you want to live with God forever and ever, come. If you want to be victorious over everything in this life, you need to come. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. Hello friends, my name is Dusty Frizzell and I want to invite you to our new Thursday night service at Shepherd Church. That's right, we're adding a fourth service. Worship service starts at 7 p.m. and it's for all ages. We'll be following the same sermon series as the weekends and you'll hear from myself, from some of my friends, and even from Pastor Dudley. So if you'll be gone on a weekend or you just want to open up some seats for others on the weekends, Join us on Thursdays at 7 p.m. I hope to see you there. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.